BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40K podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line or maybe even read stories with me or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lorehammer Listen Lore, the only 4K podcast where you get the right script. This is Rayway, leading the episode with my co-host, Gerald. Hello there. General Kenobi? <laughs> Your move. <laughs> as much as I'd love to have a meme off right now with the prequels, we actually have some listener lore we need to read off. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So and this is a Tyranid one, which... You know, I'm starting to slowly get into Tyranids just a little bit more. Maybe, maybe all because of the Leviathan uh, release, but that's just me. I'm growing on to the Tyranids as well. This one looks really interesting, though. This one is from someone named, I'm assuming this is Time Lapsed, is his name? Which I think is a pretty cool name. I'm just saying. That's, that's a cool that's, name. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. You want to lead off or do you want me to take over for leading off? Um, yeah, I can lead off. Looks like there's a little bit of a forward and I guess I'll read the first the first little section here. All right. And then we'll just kind of trade off from there. Hive Fleet Echo. And then here's the forward. Hi, this is Time. I know I've talked to Mark a couple of times about wanting to make a Kronos army as my first army since I'm getting into the hobby and finally bu- and finally buy. I already have headcanon for my own custom high fleet and wanted to send it into listener lore since I will eventually build it. Sorry if it's too long. It is not too long, good sir. You you do you, okay? <laughs> Alrighty. Records recollected by Ordo Xenos. A flame flickers as Inquisitor Artillo lights up her cigarette. Looking at the data stick that had been placed in front of her by a tech priest, she gave a sigh and turned her gaze to the machine-ridden man. 
Her gaze contained the cold glare that penetrated the wild, the wire-filled bones of the tech priest, filling them with unease as their servos whirred. Is what you said true, Hestus? The tech priest nodded with a hiss of steam, giving a solemn bow to the Inquisitor of Ordo Xenos. Yes, the data was mostly corrupted. However, I managed to, via the grace of the machine spirits, piece together the relevant information of the fate of Boreas. It comes from several husks of machinery, but I have validated the information. Artio nodded and finished her cigarette with one heavy burning drag, turning it into ash in one breath, placing it in the ashtray and replacing its and replacing its place in her fingers with the data stick. You may go. I will review the data. The tech priest bowed and retreated without a further word while Artio stuck the data port into her hollow desk to watch the footage. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm sick. I take breath for a second. <laughs> Clip one recovered from Tech Priest Galgos. Boreas, a frozen mining world filled with highly valuable minerals. The main the main mining station was known as Zanta and was filled with billions of slaves, servitors, and criminals to harvest the planet's resources. The video cuts into the view of a local tech priest that was in charge of the harvest sensors. Deep sensors that analyze the composition of the soil and determine the location of ore through the use of seismic vibrations. Their vision was filled with icons and text that flashed up that flashed by at rapid speeds, faster than a standard human brain could handle, and likely optimized for the cranial enhancement processor. Calgos mumbled prayers under his breath as he used the technology to search as he had done every day for the last 20 years on this planet. His readings and his vision suddenly flashed red, however, we turned his head to review the planet's atmospheric readings as well. As, as well, Galgos was not only in charge of using his sensors to find ore, but to keep an eye on any strange activity within 200 kilometers of the city. A recent blip had formed a mere 40 kilometers on, from the outskirts of the city, indicating an impact on the planet's surface. Galgos frowned as he considered this. He should have had an ample warning of any material breaking atmosphere. The fact there was only impact suggests an explosion of great force. He briefly considered ignoring it. The probability of it being impactful was negligible by his calculations. However, he had already put enough waypoints of new ore nods to justify a small break to satisfy his curiosity. He ran a finger across the sensor, and a message was sent to the local PDF to arrange him an escort to the location. He finalized some programs to run while he was gone by reciting the sacred rites, and then exited his sanctum of heat and wires to bear against the frigid grasps of the planet's hatred. A crater welcomed Galgos upon his view of the impact site. A massive crater, 550 kilometers across and slowly being filled with snow. The PDF escorts armed with las guns shifted nervously looking over the mass of depression while Galgos did calculations. According to the numbers and the radius of the crater, a meteor the size of a football field was needed. In order to further investigate, Galgos, in order to understand what his sensors had not picked it up, had the PDF enter the crater with him in order to examine the crater at the center. At the center was a, was a shell of rock broken into pieces with a light purple sticky biosubstance. His mechadendrite, tentacles, his mechadendrite tendrils gathered the substance into a vial and began analyzing it with his internal bioanalyzer. It had no result in his records and his proof concerning for him. 
He gathered as much of it as he could and began to head back to his lab, hoping to find more of a proper anal- more with a proper analysis. A sense of foreboding overtook him, and he muttered a silent prayer to the Omnissiah, while monitoring with his hand, with monitoring, while motioning with a hand gesture for the PDFs to follow him as they were heading back to base. One week later, Dareth was a slave, a mutant with larger pointed ears he could only guess what what bad things he had done in a past life to warrant such a cruel fate discriminated against treated as expendable a future of only cold bitter winds and blistered hands from swinging a pick was the only thing he had to look forward to for the rest of his life he had just finished his shift and was allowed his mandated rest time to the surf in the surface bunkers he ran his hands together in a vain effort to warm them up His fingers were a faint purple, and he felt fear gnaw at the back of his mind when he envisioned the future of frostbite. It wasn't uncommon on Boreas. If you lost your fingers, you were likely to just have it replaced with a pick hand to continue digging. A dendrite if you were lucky. A simple wooden stick with metal on the end if you weren't. Only the best were able to use machinery, such as drills and excavating machines. He was not one of the best, and the heavy labor took more of a toll on him every day even as his lessening performance ensured him less rations and punishment. Dareth sighed as he walked down the stairs of the pillar, sticking out of the frozen landscape and onto the streets, heated by the Mechanicus Forge of flow. Mechanicus Forge off flow redirected to keep the snow out of the residential area. He headed to the nearest Imperium-owned provisioner in order to acquire his rations so he could eat, and go to sleep to try and work better the next day. The streets were oddly quiet. Normally hundreds of others would have been having the same idea as him and wandering the streets like hordes of undead. However, only a few dozen were walking alongside him. In fact, many people had been reported missing lately. Perhaps a disease had swept through Xanta, and they were simply being tossed in a ditch. It wasn't impossible for the bureaucrats to simply forget to mark one of them as dead when they died. It was common occurrence for them to die and a slightly rare thing for it to be undocumented. However, it did happen. He arrived at the concrete building with the wire mesh between him and the, and the provisioner. <clears throat> Standard issue since the riot of heated soul. The event had been started with a mechanicus redirected the heat away from the bunkers and toward the forges to smelt slightly faster. It was put down quickly, but the heat was returned after the deaths of tens of thousands of miners. Wow. He took the standard issue nutrition bar and water and began to head back. A bearded miner with a few missing fingers walked ahead of him while a few less with a few less than a hundred feet between them. The man turned a corner and Dareth sighed as he considered whether he would save some of his meal for the morning or not. He was used to the hunger, but it wasn't pleasant. He turned the same corner as the man and froze. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill as he looked looked around the man that had been ahead of him was nowhere to be seen there was nothing but empty snow and a forest of of wrist-wide ventilation tubes around 
Nothing large enough to hide the man. Dareth began to walk faster while cursing under his breath. Or so he tried. As he let out a particular oath about a female dog and relations with it, <laughs> he noticed something odd. He couldn't hear it. He spoke it again. He spoke it again, yet again could not hear. He tried to go louder, yelling and screaming, trying to hear his own voice, yet finding it increasingly frightening for it to have no effect. He looked around at, at the completely vacant space and felt a deep dread. It was so quiet, so empty, like the void of space. He turned in a brief moment of shock as the safety cameras that had been watching his progress suddenly turned to static before it could be seen, before it could turn to see what the miner had. Oh, mm. I like this. This is suspenseful. <clears throat> Yet one more week later, Gagos felt a cold grasp of dread make it felt a cold grasp of a cold grip of dread make his joints move as if they had recently been applied with sacred oils. Xantos was under attack, and he didn't know by what. The phenomenon known as the vanishing had taken over seventy percent of the mining city, and more than sixty-two percent of the population had gone missing without a trace. That's worse than Gagos the snap. <laughs> Gagos knew the exact cause of the event. The bow substance he had analyzed contained tyranid DNA. It was a mass of dead spores with trillions of microfilaments spread out from it. The spores were covered in translucent mucus that made them that made them partic- practically invisible as the microfilaments absorbed waves that absorbed waves that met them. Sound waves, minor tremors, even radio waves were all captured and nullified by these tiny spores in the air. Vast areas of the city were taken over by these spores, creating a nightmare of quiet. Forewarning of an attack was therefore incredibly difficult to receive. The PDF had managed to kill one on accident with a spray of, t- of targetless fire, as it, and, and it, was really, it was revealed that the hormigant was covered in a yellow and silver chameleonic chitin that made them, particular, that made them practically invisible. This combined with the vanishing effect made it incredibly difficult to locate them as infrared, echolocation, and several other forms of location were nullified. He looked at the screen containing a live update of life of life signals of the PDF in the base. They were dropping by the hundreds by the minute. The tinnids must have multiplied rapidly while, the, while they were unnoticed. Even knowing how they function, they were difficult to locate. And the planet was finished. He had just received a message from several other mining bases about the vanishing effect. The planet had fallen silently like a man poisoned by carbon monoxide in their sleep. He lowered up all the data he had collected, a small amount, but most he could do with the time given. With rapid keystrokes that came with practice, suddenly the rheumatic tapping of metal on the button quieted before stopping. Gagos paused before redoubling his efforts. They were here. He had to upload quickly and send a transmission pod into orbit out of the effect of the spores. Just as he reached out his hand to push the button, metal wrist, the metal wrist joint slid off his hand, severed cleanly like a mirror-like surface as several large rifts opened along his body in eight different places. His mind fitted quickly like a spark of resistance and plethora of errors in his life support system. Two weeks after the initial impact of an unrecognized meteorite, the planet had fallen to deathly silence. Kept company only by spirits of the dead and the echoes in the snow. Artio let out a deep breath as she looked out the window of her vessel into the planet just outside. 
the spores still filled the atmosphere, and most of the team she sent had simply disappeared quietly. She pulled open a filing cabinet and removed the document. Albert read, Forbidden World Quarantine Request. She quickly wrote off the relevant information and stamped it with her seal before walking over to, walking over to a picture of herself in uniform with a stern expression. She moved to the side to reveal a safe and pressed thumb against the sensor. Inside was a note with a communication code and a simple name. Inquisitor Kripman. Ario sighed as she went as she went to find the ship's astro, astro telepath and speak with her old friend. In her urgency, she nudged into a, into a, into her hollow desk, and the mug on the side of it tilted before falling onto the floor and shattering without a sound. She paused and looked at the mug before the blood left her face, and she began to sprint down the hall towards the armory. End. Well, that's the story I came up with. Hopefully you guys like it, but I probably got some stuff wrong since I'm so new to 40k. Basically, there's Tyranids based off of the beans, based off of being a silent invasion force that's incredibly hard to deal with. Built in order to counter heavily defended fortress, fortress planets by the hive mind, the hive fleet fills asteroids with dormant Tyranid eggs and a small force of hormigants that had, bio, that had biomorphs become invisible via reflection of light as well as biomorphs to release the spores. They then plant the small and compact Tyranid eggs into corpses and activate them with a splash of their blood, allowing the Tyranids to feed off the flesh after hatching and quickly grow into new echo hormigants in the larval cool. type growth <clears throat> growth system. It takes it, it takes a mere day for the hormigant to grow to full size. They can take a specialized spore and create another egg through biomass processing. Once a plan has been taken, the true high fleet will land and begin producing more groups to spread throughout the galaxy in small clutches. They will sometimes leave, sometimes leave plants of biomass for other high fleets like Kronos when met with little resistance and will often skip solar, system, skip solar systems to remain unpredictable and pop up silently on other planets. I really like wow. this. I like this too. I, I enjoy this it a lot. Just comes to show that not uh, chaos isn't the only faction that can be insidious and sneaky. Yes, I really like it. I I think it's a really unique concept. The idea of like, like this is honestly could be considered like a really good like horror story. Like you get some like, like even the twist at the end that the Inquisitor is like looking at these files and she's like looking at these reports and she's like, "Hey, time to bring this," and then she drops the cup and there's no sound. Like that's a cool twist, and I just like the idea of just like. It's a very scary concept because normally you think of like, oh, I hear something that's terrifying. But in this case, it's if you don't hear anything, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Because nothing is scarier. Like exactly. nothing is scarier. Yeah. I think Tim did a really good job with this. I really enjoy these Tyranids. I can imagine them being mm-hmm. very difficult to deal with in like any situation. Yep. I definitely agree with that. Yes, yes, well, for yes. being new to 40k, you did a pretty darn good job of it. So I, I definitely want to. I definitely want to see, uh, you know, some pictures of your, you know, of this high fleet, you know, in progress or whatever you have of it so far. It's this it sounds awesome. Yes, I also really like the fact that it, that these tyrannids like feed off of like like vibrations or like waves of any kind. So like the fact of like. 
like not only are they eating like the dead corpses, but they're also like like minorly feeding off of the vibrations, similar to like a plant feeding off solar radiation. Mm-hmm. I think it's very because, cool. Maybe because Tyranids are meant to evolve at such a rapid pace, depending on the needs of the hive mind. So it's just like, why restrict yourself to shooty or stabby, you know, alien bugs? Exactly. So this is this is excellent, and so keep you know keep writing more about this. I'd love to, you know, if you have a continuation of this, definitely would love to read more. I definitely agree. I think it's fun. I'd like to see what more there is. Like if he does, if he does add more to it. But yeah, that would be that would be very fun. Yes, yes, yes. Any final any final words you want to add? Um, if you have lore that you want to submit, please be sure to send it into lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com and we will give it a read as soon as we get to it. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. All right. Hope everyone has a good night and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode.